and hello to you. Welcome to the Motivation Podcast from motivateyourself.co.uk. I'm Richard Nichols, and I'm here to guide, to teach, and to motivate you to be the best you can be. And this is the first episode this month. No, it is the fourth episode this month, because this month I've been um, spending a lot of time talking about self-esteem. And it's such a big topic that I couldn't possibly just talk about it for 10 minutes at the beginning of the month and leave you to it. So if, if raising self-esteem is important to you and you've just stumbled into the podcast episode at this point, go back and listen to the others. There are three more to listen to before you listen to this one. Would it matter to do it in the wrong order? Yeah, it probably would, really. Pause. Stop listening. Go listen to the first three and come back and listen to the fourth. Listen to this one. Okay. Now, this week, I want to talk to you about body language, something I've probably touched on quite a few times in this uh, podcast's history. As I said a couple of weeks ago, there's only so many things you can talk about when it comes to personal development and self-help and stuff. They are all the same things that just, just keep coming round and round and round. But that's okay. It doesn't matter if I waffle on about the same things every couple of months again and again and again, because eventually it sinks in. And you do live the life the way you want it to. So I apologise if I've already spoken about body language in the past. But I'm going to talk about something very specific in this case. We know that um, our mind and our body interact with each other because our mind is part of our body. And therefore our body is part of our mind. What goes on within our body also goes on in our mind. And it's wired into us from... I was going to say from birth, but maybe even from conception. Who knows? Because even even young babies will have these these cute expressions of of, of emotion on their face. You know, they'll show they'll show how they're feeling through their expressions. They might show disgust or happiness or whatever. And they, have they learned that from you? If they're disgusted over something, oh, what's that? And they make that, and they crinkle up their forehead, and they crinkle up their their lips and their cheeks. Are they copying you? Now, at one point, we'd have thought, well, maybe they are. It's just learnt behaviour. Then how come blind children do it? Because that's not learnt behaviour. It's something that's already wired into them that says, if I'm feeling this emotion, I'm making this shape with my face. The reason this is important is because it works the opposite way around too. That if you're making, you know, a disgusted face, you're more likely to feel disgusted by something. I've probably talked about the uh, experiment with a pencil before, but if if you haven't listened to it, because it was a long time ago, and um, to be honest, it could have been that long ago for all I know that it's dropped off the the free episodes. In order to get it, you've got to go to motivate yourself. .co.uk and um, buy my little bundles of previous episodes for 99p. Less than the price of a cup of coffee. What a bargain. But I'm going to talk about it again anyway. Because somebody wanted to do an experiment to determine whether um, our facial movements, the muscles of the face, will influence the way that we think and feel. Now, it's difficult, really, because you're leading people. Obviously, what they wanted to do was show people some cartoons and make them smile. Would smiling mean that they enjoy those cartoons more? Well, of course, 
there's the placebo effect. If you're telling somebody, hey, smile and watch this cartoon and we're going to rate how happy you are about the cartoon, you're leading them because they know that smiling is happy. So you have to, you have to con them. And they did it with a pencil. So people watching these cartoons got split into two groups. One group had to hold the pencil in their teeth and the pencil wasn't allowed to touch their lips. So the pencil was being held in their teeth and it was forcing their face into a, into a grin. It was using the... Um, oh, osteopath friend of mine did talk about these facial muscles. I forget, I forget what it called them, Maxo something or other. It, using those, those muscles that we would normally use when we smile. And the other group, they had to hold the pencil in their lips, making a sort of a, an O shape, ooh, as they're holding, holding the end of the pencil, letting it dangle. And while they're doing that, they're frowning. They don't realise that they're frowning, but they're having to balance you know, this pencil in their lips, just holding this pencil. This works better if you could see me, but I'm sort of making the shape with my mouth. And because of, so because of that, they're frowning now. They both, both of these groups had to watch these or look at these cartoon, cartoon strips. I think they were, they were the far side cartoons. Would the ones that were forcing their face into a smile feel happier and therefore find those cartoons funnier? Well, yes, they did. Otherwise, I wouldn't be telling you the story. <laughs> because our brain listens to what our body is doing. And if we can influence it, then take advantage of that. If we know that shuffling along and staring at the floor makes us feel underconfident, then don't do it. And if we know that standing up straight with our chest out and our head held high, that makes us feel more confident and stronger, then do that. There was an experiment done a couple of years ago by... Um, uh, faking a job, but not faking, because they knew it wasn't a real job interview, but they, they created this scenario of, of a job interview. And they had some people for two minutes, and all it was was just for two minutes before they went in for that job interview, they had to stand in a particular way. What they called and described as powerful poses. So they'd stand up straight, with their feet slightly apart, and their, their hands on their hips, head held high, and they just stood like that for two minutes before then going in for the job interview. And another group, they had to be in powerless poses. So they would hold themselves, hold themselves tight, hug themselves, sit small and tight, and they would act, act small and stare down at the floor, staring away from the microphone now, sorry, looking down there. And then they went in for the job interview. Across the board, the ones that were doing the interviewing they didn't know which group these people had come from. They didn't know which one was the powerful pose people or the powerless pose people. But across the board, when they said, out of all the people you've been seeing, which ones came across as the most confident, they were ticking the boxes that said all the ones that had done those powerful poses. But here's the bizarre thing. This works even on a, on a physiological level, not just an emotional level. Because we know that things like uh, testosterone will give us extra confidence. It helps us focus. Testosterone makes us feel more confident, basically. And testosterone isn't just produced by the testicles. You know, women have testosterone as well. It's just part of a, a human makeup. Men obviously have a little bit more. Well, I know I met some men that don't, and some women that have lots. But they're still men and women. And you probably wouldn't know 
But what they found is that those that were doing the powerful poses, you know, they'd stand up straight, or if they were sitting down, they would have their, their hands behind their head, smiling and staring up and feeling confident, maybe got their feet onto the desk and things like that. Their testosterone levels rose by 8 picograms per milliliter. Doesn't sound much, does it? 8 picograms, but it's a hormone that, you know, we don't normally have that much of it anyway. So 8 picograms is a lot, especially when you looked at those that had done those powerless poses, where they'd, they'd stared down at the floor, they'd been shuffling around, things like that. Their testosterone levels dropped by 6 giving you less focus and less confidence. So there are things you can do that make you feel better. So do them. The same thing works for cortisol. Cortisol is produced when we're going through the fight or flight response. Our body perceives that, the, the, that we must be in some sort of danger because we're worried about something. Then it produces cortisol, which can, well, not can, but it does lower the immune system, increases blood sugar, causes all sorts of problems because it's reserved for when our life is in danger. We go back a couple of, you know, a fair few million years and the only thing as a species we had to worry about was, is the saber-toothed tiger trying to get me? That was it. There was nothing else to worry about in the world. And nowadays we've got lots of different things to worry about. We, the saber-toothed tiger doesn't exist. But instead, we're worrying about what other people might think about us, worrying about our financial problems or worrying about things that are totally out of our control. And that's not a good habit to get into. Because then the fight or flight response kicks in and becomes quite sensitive. and We develop anxiety problems. And in doing so, our body overproduces cortisol. And what these researchers found is that those powerless poses of, of low self-confidence, of staring down at the floor and hugging yourself and holding yourself quite tightly, that made cortisol levels increase. Whereas the powerful poses, standing up straight, head held high, or your hands behind your head, that made our cortisol levels drop. So we have a massive influence over what's going on within our body to create, to create thoughts and feelings based on the way that we hold ourselves. And because we know this, we're in the opportunity to do something about it. And if you know that now, and you do know it now because I've just told you, then we, you kind of give up the right to moan about feeling unhappy because you know how to be happy. You just need to take the steps to make it happen. Now then, time is ticking on, and it's a Monday morning, and I've got clients to go and see my Nuneaton clinic. So I will leave you for now, but I will be back next week with the uh, final instalment of the Motivate Yourself Self-Esteem October event, if you could describe it as such. Between now and then, head over to Facebook, facebook.com slash motivateyourselfpodcast, and by liking the page and clicking listen, uh, you'll be able to see, you can listen to all these previous episodes, and there's also a link there to download some, uh, or listen to some, free self-esteem uh, hypnosis hypnosis is great if you don't already use hypnosis for whether that's for relaxation or for personal development or whatever I definitely recommend it in fact the whole premise of motivateyourself.co.uk is about the importance of using hypnosis with these personal development ideas 
because it makes things so much quicker, so much easier. And please dispel all myths and misconceptions about hypnosis making people that think that they can be chickens or fall in love with a brush or something silly like that. That's a load of old nonsense. I do intend on doing a podcast all about hypnosis at one point, and just to dispel those myths, which are all to do with laughing gas and nitrous oxide back in the Victorian days. We don't use that. <laughs> I've never used nitrous oxide in my clinics. That's crazy. And in fact, hypnosis is very, very nice, very safe, very pleasant. So I'd certainly recommend uh, that you look into using it. So head over to either motivateyourself.co.uk and subscribe to my newsletter, where there's a link there, and you can download it through the uh, through those channels. Or go to Facebook, facebook.com forward slash motivate yourself podcast. And I will continue with this next week. We'll conclude it. Okay, take care. Bye, bye, bye.